you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. That's hooey and applesauce. Three words for that. Ooh, la, and la. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Oh, it's gangbusters. Damn a shake in In and Dave. Hi and hello football fans, it's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? Welcome to episode number 32 of the Dave Damashek football program. Hope all's well wherever you are. As always, chock full of storylines going into week nine here. Let's say hello to the man who's always sitting to my right here in the studio. Where we're still waiting, by the way, for the, I forget what it's called, the, the, the new podcast center. The nerve center of all NFL-related podcasts will soon be uh, be moving upstairs. In the meantime, let's say to, hello to my uh, to my main man here, the author of the great Pick Six segments that you can read on NFL.com. But before I say hello, we have a little treat for you, Rank, and for the listener. It's a little theme music, courtesy of our one-man house band, Dick Banks. Hit it. I'll say you, Rank. How do you feel? I don't care for fries, actually. <laughs> that's your that's your response. <laughs> I know. I, I, I know that's you. My per- takeaway. Yeah, you you prefer your potatoes mashed. Is that true? <laughs> Not a chance. Best. Uh, Not a chance. But you know what though? I I do got to say, Dick Banks does great work. I'm very honored. I like Quiet Riot, and that was actually a, a, a conversation we had on Twitter on Talk About It Friday, mm-hmm. if you follow me, at Adam Rank. Every, I don't. Every, I, know, I don't. That's fair. Uh, but every week we do, every Friday, we do a Talk About It Friday, and that was one of the subjects we had was the preeminent Quiet Riot song. Is it Come On, Feel the Noise, or is it Metal Health? The correct answer, of course, being Metal Health. Bang your head. Well, I, I won't get into the uh, to a debate with you about Quiet Riot. That's not my uh, my wheelhouse. I'm okay. pleased to say, well, but I, but you like the song overall. That we can song stick is with great. that one. Yes, that's awesome. Excellent, excellent. Um, you know that reminds me. We need a new theme song for the podcast. I've tired of that one. I love You've you know tired of it. You know I love the NFL films music. I want to drive mm-hmm. around in my car to it to help uh, boost my morale as I go from place <laughs> to place. But I, that that particular one, we, we it's run its course in my book. So okay. perhaps we can uh, we can select a new one. All right, Fair listen. Enough. Like I say, we have a lot to kibitz about here, Rank. But first, let's say hello to someone who we deal with on Fantasy Football Live. What, what do we call the show? What's it, what's it called again? Fantasy the, Football Live? Yes. NFL Fantasy? NFL Fantasy Live? Kibitz time? Talking about it? Talk about it. <laughs> From Talk NFL about. Fantasy Live, 
I used to yap with him over at uh, at ESPN. He was the, of course, the the host of uh, a, of a radio program over there. Now the host of NFL Fantasy Live. It's Jason Smith. What's going down, fella? You say deal with me, like you know. <laughs> I know that was you wrong. say it like, like, yeah, like some of my work with a guy so... I like, one of my buddies, someone we. Deal with. Deal with. Someone, every day. someone with whom we're forced to slog through every day. <laughs> like, I come in with demands every day, and I, I, uh, I won't do this until Damashek changes. <laughs> we deal with him. I was hoping you would catch that, because I was about to pounce on that. I'm like, deal with. Like, what a terrible... He's done that to me on the... But you know what? You've done that to me on Fantasy Live, where you're, like, doing the make me smarter, and he throws it to me like, well, Rank's going to try to make you smarter. <laughs> Probably won't, but he's going to try. One time I said Boy, try God. to make you smarter. One time and suddenly now I, I'm tagged with that. Now that, that's my thing for the rest of my life. Well, Jason Smith, we like to talk about it here. You know, in, in most uh, media circles, it's it's frowned upon to wear your fandom on your sleeve. You know, most of the time it, it should be a mystery to the listener or to the viewer. I say fat and double fat to that. Of course, we like to wear it. What else? What What is our source of credibility otherwise? We didn't play. For, well, I played four seasons in the NFL, but I mean, you guys didn't. And, um, you know, what? what is our source of credibility? If not that we've been watching football with great devotion and obsession for, you know, 30 or 40 years. Right. So tell us. Your team, I, of course, I know what it is, but what's your team? Yeah, well, anybody who listened to me on the radio for five minutes knew I was a Jets fan because right. I can't go five minutes without talking about the Jets. I mean, we even bring it on the show a little bit. Michael Fabiano makes fun of me now for the Jets, but he's a Cowboys team. fan. How is he making fun of you? And well, well, Cowboys have a little bit better history than the Jets do. The Jets are living off of one game, and that was in 1969. So we, we have a lot to to get back to. But yeah, no, I mean, that's I think that should be. I, wa- I want to know you know who, who people like and who they're a fan of and who they go. I come in every day, every time I see Rams news, I think, a rank and I go, oh, he's not going to like this. Oh, he's not going to like this. There has the Steelers. I think about you and go, right now Damashek is saying, I can't believe they're running Isaac Redman out of this formation. I'm thinking all those things when I see these guys play. <laughs> there hasn't been Rams news in like 10 years. Well, listen, Jack Youngblood joined us on this very program one week ago, and I think that was pretty scandalous news that he broke, that the current ownership over in St. Louis doesn't acknowledge, they don't embrace the history, the proud history of the Rams. I encourage you to go back and listen to that. But you mentioned the Steelers, and I definitely obviously want to get into that big game that was played in Week 8 and then the one coming up in Week 9. But let's yap about your Jets, first of all, a big one coming off the bye against the Bills. And I say, it sounds like hyperbole, but nothing less than the season hangs in the balance here. This is not a great spot rolling into a Buffalo team, one of the great stories of the first half of the season. How say you, though, in this game? Do they show up for this one and shut down uh, shut down Team Fitzpatrick? I can't tell you how many times in a, se- in a season I say, this game is the Jets' season. I mean, it, I must say it nine or ten times. This is their season. They got to win opening week. Oh, they got to win this week. They got to win this week. And this is a big week because you can't afford to fall too far behind the Bills and the Patriots and the AFCs. Patriots had a tough one last week, but you know they're going to keep winning games. But now you're talking about the wild card, and you got to keep everybody close. And suddenly now it's a huge lead if you go into Buffalo and lose this game. I never like Sanchez coming off a bye because the Jets get all mad scientists and it's go back and you, it's proven every time the Jets come off a long layoff, Sanchez plays poorly. Hopefully they figured that out by now. They're going to try to ground and pound. I don't know that they can do it, but they're going to try to ground and pound. This game has 17-14 nail-biter and the swirling winds in Buffalo written all over it, but I think the Jets' defense comes through. I think they slow down Ryan Fitzpatrick because Fitzpatrick is not the same guy that he was the first couple of weeks. Teams are starting to figure him out a little bit. His stats are going down. You're not going to be able to stop Fred Jackson. I mean, Fred Jackson is terrific, and the Jets' run defense can't stop anybody, but if you're going to put this game on Fitzpatrick's shoulders, the Jets are going to get turnovers, and they'll win this game that way. This is where the defense comes and they win a close game. I agree with you, actually, and we'll get into the DeLorean and take it up to 88 miles an hour and jump to next Tuesday and see how it works itself out one way or the other. But I happen to agree with you. I think you're in the right range on the score. I have a sense that the Jets are going to go in there and steal one. Rank, how say you? Yes. What do you think about the Bills going with the white jerseys at home, though? Is that the story? Yeah, they're I've going not heard. white jersey at home. Well, well, well. To what is that owed? I don't. I have no idea. I just it's wonder just, if they're going to go with the blue pants. I like those. It was the first. It's the first time since 1986 that they're going to have white jerseys at home, and I, 
don't know why. I it's think a they're big blue. game. They're going they're, all in, changing the jersey. I like, you know, I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, and, uh, you know, I know that you're a fan of the Jets, uh, with the white hats and, and uh, that classic look, the, the Namath era uni. But now I suddenly find myself ironically pining for just once a season at least. Now, I don't want to see it full time, but just once a season. Wouldn't it be nice? Because that's when you grew up, Jason Smith, was uh, watching the Freeman McNeil era Jets mm. with those green hats. Those yeah, pretty and, the, nice. and, and the J was the part of the Jet, you know. Yeah. I love that logo, but for me, it just stems, I think, of of 15 years of losing when I think that's of that right. logo. I mean, yeah. I love it, but I want to see it because that's where I grew up. I mean, for better or for worse, that was my era. That's where I grew up. It was Richard Todd and Freeman McNeil, and then it was Ken O'Brien. It was losing in the 86 Divisional Playoff game to the Browns, and then it was to the AFC Championship game to the Dolphins in 82 when Don Shula. A.J. Dewey. Uh, when <laughs> Don Shula is supposed, you know, and that's the thing. You know, ready, you know, this is something I will, to my dying day, I'll be in a hospital hopefully when I'm 98 years old. Someone will say, what, what, what do you want to know? What do you want people to know? I said, I want people to know that in the 81 AFC Championship game, there was a monsoon in Miami all week long, and the Jets had this high-powered offense that you know scored a lot of points. You know Wesley Walker, and they were great. And Don Shula didn't cover the field. Rules say in the NFL you must cover a field during inclement weather. They left it open all week long because they knew that's going to help us. And so the Jets couldn't go anywhere. We lost fourteen nothing because that was a Super Bowl for us. Eighty six when we started out big, we probably would have lost that Super Bowl. But eighty one, that was our Super Bowl. I would have seen a Super Bowl champion when I was ten years old because of that, and we lost fourteen nothing. So Woody your Bennett claim, your claim is not only that they would have advanced to the Super Bowl, but they would have taken care of Rigo and company. Oh, they would have sure. beaten that Redskins team. Oh sure, we were we were a better team. We were a better team that year that was our year that and was the lost strike the year month. right it was the 80 yeah yep. it was a short season yeah the 82 I, uh, strike year yep. redskins came off of the previous season they won their their uh, last five games so you knew that they had a shot at being good and they came mm-hmm. out of the gate on fire and they and they played well um yeah you know it's that's a funny it's an interesting thing because on uh, this week's uh, shame report which by the way thanks to everybody who checked it out uh, great uh, great number of people looking at that and i appreciate it we're very I mentioned, happy with our numbers we are happy with we our are. numbers. Our numbers. I'm sorry, I didn't realize that you had anything to do with the shame report. But <laughs> oh, I, I appreciate you. If you're if you're just providing moral support, then yes, there's no, there's no I in team. No, I it's mean, a group. Yes. Well, I mean, I I wrote some of the gags. So I feel like I what I gags? I'm, I didn't realize I wrote gags in the shame well, report. Well, I, I just it? I just know that on on Monday night I tweeted out a reference to Kim Kardashian's wedding and tim tebow mm-hmm. and then on tuesday it was in the shame report and i said oh that's nice wait a second nice so so wait because you made a kim kardashian joke yeah. that's so you so you have providence over all kardashian jokes not this all week? but the the exact one that i wrote that's on the shame report my yes. joke was that tim tebow's <laughs> wind up takes longer than a kim kardashian marriage that was my that was my joke exactly that was your joke? Yes. Well, for the record, I the the shame report, oh, I guess I didn't do it till Tuesday morning, but Boom. I can assure you I it was fully written by Monday midday. Of course it was by the time that I was Thank sending you. out that tweet. I appreciate your help. When Rank says, I, you know, all my gags that got in, I'm just picturing doing stand-up, you know, the brick wall behind him saying, you know who I'd go to the Boys and Girls Club with? Peyton Hillis! <laughs> I'm picturing all this NFL comedy. <laughs> right. I, I, have... I, I pine for the day. He refuses to do it for some reason. I want him to do a set here on the podcast. I want him to do his t- his tightest 10 minutes that he's got for, for, for the audience. Wouldn't that be terrific? I'd love to check that out. It's not that I I work blue, but I don't think I think I'll bring, less it, I'll bring in the, the clown's mouth to show when you when you when you're running out of time. Well, my props don't come over on a uh, podcast. Yeah. Well, so Jason Smith, what I was going to say was on the shame report I brought up that I, that brings. Uh, I was mentioning that I was really upset that the Giants ground crew before Sunday's game saw fit to sweep away all the snow, the glorious snow. It was a gift from the football gods descending from the heavens, and they wiped it all off the field. Think about how many great weather games. Well, I guess that's not a great one for you to remember the that, that slop the fest. The mud bowl? No. But that's, you sound a little Al Davis-y, I will say, when you accuse <laughs> that, because before the 75 AFC title game, Al Davis accused the Steelers of icing the field down on the sidelines and not covering it and not get, they did. I, he has a great quote. He has a great quote about it's, like they kept the uh, the sidelines icy because uh, they had the speedy wideouts there. And and uh, he said if there was one man in the National Football League that Mel Blunt feared, 
it was Clifford Branch. <laughs> Clifford Branch. I'm just picturing that. guys running off the field. All right, come on out. Guys just slipping and falling as they got to the side. I know. I mean, what do you mean like acute? Like it actually happened. What do you mean it actually happened? Like what the, the Steelers did ice the field. Can like I tell it, you something on that subject? I say I don't care about competitive uh, object, you know, uh, equality. Home court is home court, and you should. I love, I hail the Boston Celtics for what oh, they did for, for for decades with their with the dead spots on the floor that only they knew about. I love the Green Monster. That if you aren't a left fielder in Fenway eighty one times a year, you're at a disadvantage. You don't know how the ball's going to care. I'm all for that. I say I'm happy. In a way, I'm going to be interested at least to see how that Super Bowl in New York City plays out if it's snowy. Because as somebody, and you know, I, you're not ranked, but uh, Jason and I are from cold weather towns. I've always wondered why. Says who that the Southern team has to get the advantage or the dome it's team deserves it? It's not an advantage. It, it is it's, an advantage. It's, it's equal. It's not equal. No, it's equal. It is not it's ridiculous. Equal. No, it's stupid to have an open. It's air not Super equal. Bowl. Why? It's it's, it's dumb. If you if you play what if, that, that, what if, that's if the you year? play the whole season in a dome, you are going to construct your team just like the San Diego Padres are pitching rich. Well, they're not now, but <laughs> but that's a bad example. But <laughs> <laughs> the Dodgers have been historically pitching rich because Dodger Stadium is a pitcher's park. Used to be. Well, all right, but that's a but you follow my point. So same way, I think the I think these northern teams should take advantage of that. And if Don Shula wanted to slop his field up to slow down your uh, your Jetropolitans, so be it. I say, you know, you would you would put like razor blades on the sideline and bourbon in the in the Gatorade if it got you an advantage. Oh, look at these guys just no, put the bourbon in, all over I the put field. the bourbon in my Gatorade. We gave oh, them the okay. we gave them the brown bottle. <laughs> look, oh, it's a new flavor. You'll love it. It's great. Yeah, we just came out. It's a prototype. Yeah, it's supposed to do real great things for you. Um, so, and by the way, uh, quickly, I wanted to make mention of the fact I was remiss. So you're also, along with your duties on NFL Fantasy Live six days a week uh, on the network and on the dot com, you're also with uh, Michael Fabiano doing your and you're also writing actually on the dot com. But you're also doing a fantasy podcast uh, once a week and you're doing the Sirius XM show. Yeah, yeah, we've been doing that for the last uh, with Elliot Harrison. We get, oh, yeah, we get and going. EH, yes. And, and I, I can't tell you how many times we plan on, on doing something for a segment where, okay, we're going to come in and we're going to talk about the best starts at quarterback this week and the best sits at running back. And then they'll come back from break with like a White Lion song. And then we're off the rails for like three <laughs> minutes. And Harrison's talking about White Lion versus White Snake. And I'm saying, look, Rudy Sarzo was the, the guy between Quiet Riot. Then he went to White Snake. And, and it's like three minutes. And I'm saying, what just happened? Just because we played a White Lion song coming in. And then it, it was like three minutes, it's gone. Because we're all here metal guys you know me being bald you believe i was a hair metal guy but that was Ironic, my era yeah same thing with harrison same thing with fabiano harrison actually likes to play the air guitar and 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 give you that look like i'm awesome you know he's, hey look, i'm playing the air guitar and it's a little unsettling to have elliot look at you well like, no, we and- saw his costume on fantasy live last week so wait you answer the question though the preeminent quiet riot song is it come on feel the noise or metal health up until The Wrestler, I would say, come on, feel the noise. But Metal Health was at a whole new level after The Wrestler. Because that was it. Did you see The Wrestler with yes, Mickey Rourke? of course. Because that was his theme song. And, right. and you realize how awesome that song is and you know how much it was used. And I found myself you know, downloading it again and listening to it and listening to Metal Health again. So, yeah, I'm going with uh, Bang Your Head. Bang Your Head. It was, yes. a, it was an anthem to the hair metal era of the 80s. The yes. whole lot of you are nerds. They were like the, fir- that the, was fa- like the first group. NFL Fantasy Live is lousy with the hair band aficionados. <laughs> I'm the only one with any musical taste oh, out there. Oh, for crying well, out Well, Money loud. Smith, too. He's what, another were one. you listening to The Cure? Oh, I'm not Cure. I go more R.E.M. I got a little smithereens one, on there. Okay, all right. One doesn't beget the other. You can listen to a wide variety of musics. You're not beholden to only hair metal. Well, like you've I, also declared I, that Leonard Skinner was better than, is better than uh, the Allman Brothers. And so who vote, wait, who won that poll? <laughs> who won the, who, everybody voted for that. Everybody voted Leonard Skinner. Jack Youngblood said Leonard Skinner was better than the Allman Brothers band. But it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy other forms of music. Because as a matter of fact, on my Pandora radio station, you can add in different bands. Like, oh, we can, you, you can add in a band to Seed. So I actually threw in Sublime on my Leonard Skinner channel. It's changed my life. Wow. It's all good. Yeah. All right. See, and- I, I picture you as, you know, uh, you know, Rank and I in high school, you know, we're listening to Poison and Guns and Roses and L.A. Guns and all these groups. And I picture you, you're very calculated. Okay, I'm going to pick up this girl. What can I play that's going to make me look deep and mysterious? Oh, here comes little, here comes R.E.M. And it, it's one of the deep tracks. You know, I'm going to go like cut eight here. It's like, oh, Dave, you like... 
yeah, yeah, this is this is my music. Dave a little something was, from Fables yeah. of the Reconstruction. Yeah, a little yeah. uh, unlistened, are you? Dave was the brooding guy like John Bender from The Breakfast Club, just sitting in the back. Let trying. me just tell you something. You couldn't be more inaccurate, Jason Smith, because your opening premise was, I'm trying to impress a girl. I, and it's not a, it's not an exaggeration. I did not say, at the, in my, at the end of my senior year, I counted up all the words that I said to girls that were not my mother and sisters, and it totaled eight. I did not talk wow. to girls until okay. I got to college. So, so no, so no, I, I was not, uh, I was, I was as square as square could get. I was, uh, I was listening to, I think NFL films music basically was my, was my, uh, and playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, that's right. I'm I, in television. I, I, I'm in te- I, oh, I, Dungeons television. and Dragons on in television was, was secretly maybe the best game they ever had there. Yeah, that was a good one. And television football underrated too. I like yes. that one. The baseball was awesome because when you slid the, cause it had the, the 10, the ten card thing that you would punch the position. You know, what was another great one on in television. Uh, was uh, was that uh, yeah? Dungeons and Dragons. Snafu was really Snafu good. Was Snafu awesome. was good. Snafu was really good. It had a little Tron kind of thing to it, where you would try to block off the line that was formed. Right, I'm getting I lost. Snafu. Yeah, no, no. Snafu is awesome. But maybe the best one of them all, skiing. Downhill skiing. You ever skiing? do that one? No, I oh, didn't. Yeah, that was a good one. Skiing was good on the television? Oh, okay. yeah. I don't All think right. they ever topped that. All right, listen. We're way off track here, and I want to talk about these big games that are coming up here. But let's take care of business as we do on every episode here. We named the number, the player who wore the number best. We're on episode 32 today. And I think this is an auspicious day to join us, Jason Smith, because 32, you can make a case, is the greatest number in sports history. The more, I mean, more legends have worn 32, maybe, than any other number out there. To wit, we have Jim Brown. Oh, do you want to do this? Because it's going to get embarrassing. Well, well by the way, by the way, 31, we did a, a horrendous Horrible. job. And, and oh, we, Antonio Cromartie. Yeah, we, well, yeah. We, yeah, there you go. Antonio Cromartie, but we also forgot Priest Holmes. We forgot Mike Piazza, Reggie Miller. That Cedric Sabalos at Cal State Fullerton. S- yes, of course. Well, that's the one I was leading up to. But anyway, so Montgomery 31 too? We, we, we did we got Montgomery. Yeah, we got Montgomery. Like, Jim Taylor we didn't mention. Uh, so, yeah, we really did a lousy job. Let's make up for it right now. 32, you have Jim Brown, mm-hmm. arguably the greatest uh, rusher of all time. If if it wasn't him, then it was certainly Franco Harris. <laughs> Yeah, right. Is that part of your stand-up? Rank is writing that down. I'm going to use this. I'm going to use that on stage. Hey, Franco Franco finished ahead of Jim Brown. uh, Oh, is that what? Okay. That's right. He did. Fair enough. Has more all-time rushing, more career rushing yards than Jim Brown. He does. No, but you know what? He was just as dominant. But you know what? I I will give you this, though. He did beat. Did you ever see the I Challenge You? Yes. The Jim Brown versus uh, Franco Harris? Yes. When Jim Brown pulled up with a hamstring in the final race when he was racing against Franco Harris? I didn't want to go down another road of uh, of obscurity (laughs) after talking about in television snafu. But all right. Now that you brought it up, kids, go on YouTube. Look this thing up. It's got to be on there. In 84, was it? 83, 84? It was the, I think it was the Sunday of, it was Super Bowl Sunday, or maybe it was like the Saturday. But Jim Brown had heard enough about Franco at that point, so he challenged him. Jim Brown at that point is 50, 51, something like that. And he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated that he could come back and still play, and he was in a Raiders uniform. And they had a competition. They had a series of, uh, it was like a mini decathlon, one-on-one, and then the the, uh, signature moment was the when they ran the 40 against each other, and Jimmy Brown came up lame with a hammy. He was getting killed. Franco Harris was dusting him, and Jim Brown, like, three-quarters of the way through the race, goes, (laughs) oh, oh, my hamstring, oh, my hamstring, my hamstring, and Franco Harris won. So, either way, I mean, I say Franco's better than Jim. No, I don't actually think no. that. All right, so Jim Brown. He's not even in the – well, I guess he's – And then – so, but maybe a lot of people say best football player of all time, Jim Brown. Okay. Then you got Sandy Koufax. A lot of people say the best pitcher of all time. Mm-hmm. And then you got, you know, one of the great NBA players of all time, Carl Malone. Oh, so, shut your mouth. What? You Carl know, Malone was terrific. The mailman. He was fine. <laughs> but when he came to the Lakers, he showed respect and he switched to number 11. Are you going to make your? Magic, are, you, are we going to get into your cockamamie argument no. that Magic what, Johnson? Magic was, Johnson was the best player in NBA history. Well, that's nobody argues this. That's quite ridiculous. Everybody agrees. Who was better than Magic? It's a fact. Michael Jordan was no, better than. Not a chance. Oh, I there's love, not a chance. Wait, so wait a second. Wait, wait. You, no, Let no, me no, just make I sure. There's when, not a chance that Magic <laughs> that Michael Jordan was better than Magic Johnson. Not a chance. Not a chance. I, I like this. What? How long did you live in Chicago that you came up with this cockamamie? Oh, Michael Jordan's the greatest. What not does that a, have not, to do with anything? Okay, no, you're Michael, from, you lived in Chicago, and some for some reason you feel that this is a fact. 
that's probably the only place in America you could walk where people even would mention Michael Jordan in the same breath as Magic Johnson. That's true. Yeah, that is the only place you would ever hear such uh, such hooey and applesauce. Thank Jason you. Smith, break this ridiculous tie. All right, you know what? I'm going to go. Th- 32 is soft spot in my heart for Sandy Koufax. I did. I, I think I did. 12 or 15 book reports on the baseball life of Sandy Koufax when I was a kid. I know more about this guy than just about anything. But I got to say, you know, greatest 32, Jim Brown, he was the greatest running wait a minute, back wait, wait, are we, ever. Are, are we going to settle this right now, the greatest 32, and we didn't mention OJ? Oh, I'm jo- going Jim Brown over OJ. I'm going Jim Brown over Didn't OJ. Shaq, Shaq wore 32 at one point, too, as well. And right? then he wore 34. Then, then he changed 34, 34 for the Lakers. Because he had the respect, too, because he knew where his bread was, you know. Where he was in that ranking and system. And if we're naming them all, we got to name Dave Hannon, the uh, the great Pittsburgh Penguin of the 80s. Remember him? Disco Davey Hannon? Dave right? Hannon? Did he, didn't <laughs> he score a goal like in quadruple overtime to beat the Devils like in uh, in the playoffs in the mid-90s? Um, no, you're thinking of, I think it was Scott Hannon maybe for the, Hannon? For, okay. for the Sabres. No, you know what? Davey Hannon did score a big goal Dave for Hannon? the Sabres. Okay. Yeah, you're right about that. That's right. Um, yeah, you're a so then it's guy. Dave Hannon. That's the answer. So then Dave <laughs> Hannon for that goal. Alone. Well, what about uh, well, first of all, settle the debate about Magic versus Michael Jordan. Oh, boy, I'll tell you what. I, I remember I remember obviously more about Michael because I was younger with Magic Johnson. But I mean, Magic Johnson just changed the way the game was played. I mean, being six, nine point guard doing what he did. The fact that he went to center for a game when Kareem got hurt and scored what was it, 38 my, points and, it's, it's and 15 rebounds. I mean, 42. Yeah, 42. Nobody could do that. Nobody could do something like that. So I'm going Magic over Michael. You're oh, saying Magic yes. Johnson is yeah. bad? What, what yes. kind of what, what surreal, what bizarro world he's am I better, entered into here? He's a better player. That's all. <laughs> Listen, I, that's I, the thing. No, that's, I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to spend the next twenty minutes on this subject. But let me just good, say because you're in a here. you're in a losing argument. Yes, <laughs> I understand. I understand that the Lakers were playing in an era. I know that they're close. That, that they're side by side. That the era of the Lakers and Celtics battling it out with with uh, a Pistons team that was on the rise. There were some halfway decent Western Conference teams, but no one was really great. The Rockets were okay. But the idea Wait, it was the Celtics, the Wait. Bucks. No, listen. And in the Eastern Conference, the Celtics had to go through the Bucks and the Pistons and Dominique's Hawks and teams like that. The 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 Lakers had a pretty easy run year in and year out to the to the finals. That's right. They because I mean, they were so good. That's not well, but. Right. And but as they far still as that, beat the Celtics. What's your and point? As far as that, well, you could make a case. I know a lot of Boston so fans. That, I know a lot of Boston oh fans would tell you that the that the Celtics had less gas in the tank by the time they got to the finals, whereas the Lakers were nice and fresh, sweeping out the likes of high scoring, but not particularly Golden playoff State. ready. Yeah, like Golden State and Denver and teams like that. Now, what I'm saying to you is this: whereas Michael Jordan, I mean, in the era he was playing, there weren't as many good teams. But look around him, Scottie Pippen. Dandy, yes, but after that, one I mean, of the top fifty players in all right NBA history. And then let's look at who Magic Johnson went out on the floor with: Kareem, Kareem. James Worthy, Big Game James, Byron Scott. Oh, I forgot Kurt Rambis. Yes, he would have been a superstar <laughs> in any other team. Michael Thompson. Michael Thompson would have. Yeah, oh. he was no. Don't act like he he was good on the Lakers, but he wasn't like he's a superstar. All right. Well, listen. I, uh, and they had Rod, the, the, the the Bulls had Rodman too. Magic Johnson is not better than Michael Jordan. He is. You've I been say. outruled, and it's fine. And that whole nonsense. I'm glad this is the first time I've ever heard somebody actually breathe the words that like, oh, the Celtics had such tough competition. That's the dumbest thing. If any, because well, you've been out it's, here in your it's Orange funny County cocoon. You don't it's know. Funny. <laughs> it's funny. I. I'm, I guess some people actually believe that, but it's complete nonsense. Now, Jordan, I go, is the greatest scorer of all time? Yeah, fine. I mean, that, absolutely, that's the case because no one can fill it up like he can. But Don't suck you know, up to all him. All around, to... no, well, I got to say my point, you know, but all, all around is, you know, my, you know, Magic Johnson is a better, you know, is a better player. He had more game. He did everything better. Like we talk now about, oh, LeBron's better than Michael. Why? Because LeBron's a better passer. LeBron's a better rebounder. You know, you got to say the same thing, I think, for Magic Johnson. Okay, Michael's a better scorer, but Magic's a better passer, better rebounder, better floor general. So I think I think it, that applies in both cases. It's interesting, and I do appreciate your point about the unique quality that Magic possessed at six foot nine, playing the point, and what an impossible matchup he was. 
um, and all that. But, you know, you say he's better in other phases. Magic was not a great scorer. You know, he he rarely could take a game over and fill it up. I the, the you forty-two are, points oh in his rookie. And, and I, <laughs> this is the dumbest. I'd I tell you he to wasn't stop. comparable in terms. Of, I would uh, tell you to stop. Please, please don't right. embarrass yourself. Let's just do it. I'm gonna say Jim Brown as the is the best thirty-two. Even though I never saw him play, I've seen all the highlights, and I I, I can't argue against it <laughs> that Jim Brown, by all accounts, is the greatest, or by most accounts at least, the greatest football player of all time. Like you so, said, because all those. Those times you'd watch him play. I never watched him play, but guess what? I you didn't see Sandy Todd Koufax did. play either. You know, you you, you say you wrote about uh, Sandy Koufax. You know who's interesting, kids? Look him up. Look up his numbers. See how comparable they are to the all-time great stretches. Sandy Koufax had that magical, what was it, four-season run like there? four or five years, yeah. I'll tell you whose numbers stack up favorably with, with that and any other area you want to point to. Randy Johnson, in, a, in, the, in the steroid era mind you he had a run that is as dominant as any pitcher including sandy koufax's yeah i mean guys would just bail out i mean you know he would come in with that with that motion and there's two strikes and guys are backing away i mean he's unhittable sometimes he throws you that one inside fastball early on in the count and you're like whoa because he you know he's 11 feet tall and by the time he throws the ball it's actually a foot from your face <laughs> he would get people he'd throw that early fastball mm-hmm. early on in the count and then you're a little jittery you don't know and it's hard to hit there it's hard to stay in the box. i don't think but i don't think history is going to remember randy johnson as one of the five best starting pitchers of all time but I, but i think if you look at his numbers and the run he had he's comparable now before we get to actual football oh so we're so are we in agreement on jim brown or no i'll go jim, what did he average seven yards a carry yeah i think i'll go with jim brown <laughs> greatest nfler who are 32 easy but you're saying magic is the greatest 32 period you're yeah. just now you're just being silly now you're just being, but by the oh, way really? Mar- Marcus uh, Allen magic's not a score Marcus Allen Marcus Allen is uh, another 32 so there's so, we, there. so there's three 32s who are better than Franco Harris Jim Brown OJ and Marcus Allen now who's being silly no now that's a, that's silly. accurate what about Otis Anderson I've I've had, I, I've tired of you there we now, go now let's I also Magic before we get score. to the NFL, you're also a puck fan, and you grew up uh, a team of uh, a fan of which team there, Jason? Uh, Hartford Whalers yes. were my team. I like and the whale. I was it was tough when they moved, and I didn't know if I was going to still follow them or not. But the fact that I was already in Los Angeles when they moved. It was easier for me because I had moved from Hartford. I moved from Connecticut. And it was like, okay, I can still follow this team because I'm not going to not go to any games. I'm not going to not do this. So I followed them to Carolina where most everybody I know just said, I can't root for this team. You know, they left. And now they're, you know, the Hartford. I'll sign off on your your situation. So I was, I was okay. I'm glad I stuck with it. They won the Stanley Cup and, you know, still a, a Carolina Hurricanes fan. Never been in the building. Never been to game. You know, they come out here to L.A., they go to Anaheim, they go to the games every year. But, you know, never been to Carolina to be in the building, but still stuck with them. Still my team. That's and, interesting. And you're going to allow that? I Yeah, because for the reason he explained. Yeah, if you're if you're living in Hartford and they move away, then you must make them not just – you can't just – you can't simply say, I don't know if I'm going to root for them. They have to become your least favorite team in the sport. You, you must despise yes. them. But his situation is I'm unique, fair. and so he's so it's allowable. I love the uh, I love the all green get-ups on the on Oh, the best, logo, best logo. I mean, I go on, like, Mitchell and Ness website or find something. I go, there's, like, 11 hats I want to get and, like, mm-hmm. 12 jerseys because it's just, it, it's just so sharp. I miss that logo. Look it up online, kids. And uh, or maybe, you know what, that's another thing we'll add to the uh, to the, the, the picture gallery for today's podcast. But the whale logo, people don't realize there's an H in the middle of it there mm-hmm. for Hartford Whalers. People miss that point. You know. All right. So I and missed I'm, the M on the Expos hat for like I think till I was like twenty five. Mm-hmm. What does E B mean? I don't understand. What's E B? Oh, oh, there's an M and then that's an E and then the B for baseball. Oh, Montreal Expos. Twenty five years old when it's I figured awesome. that out. Did you get the M and B in the old Brewers logo? Yes, that it's a I baseball did. mitt. Yeah. yeah, the baseball mitt that I got. And I then just the, see it. the Hartford uh, or the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Actually, I told uh, Barry Melrose. He never realized this. He the the it looks like it's just a hockey stick. It just looks like in a rectangle. Mm-hmm. But in fact, if you look at it, it's a C. The hockey stick turns that uh, that shape into a C for Canucks. All right, the producer uh, Wilk Ty this week is in my ear saying we have to move on to football. So. We talked Jim Brown. That's right. Franco Harris. Hey, guess OJ what? OJ Simpson. I, I, look. Antonio Cromartie. The, I agree. The NFL, uh, you know, eclipses uh, eclipses all other sports like uh, like the sun. But speaking I, of sons, he's a huge to... Sons of Anarchy fan. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about since you're an AFC East guy. 
uh, Jason Smith. Let's talk about what happened in Heinz Field last Sunday. How, we're, we're, I mean, because, you know, and that, this wasn't me just sandbagging. This wasn't me, um, you know, trying to reverse jinx, as uh, Sporty Simmons likes to call it. I wasn't just saying that I thought the Patriots were going to smoke him. The history showed that the Steelers had no ability to slow down Tom Brady. He would cut them up time and time and time again. And then in Heinz Field, they had the ball for 20 minutes total against that defense. How say you? You know, this is, it's kind of funny, but Tom Brady is, is very simple to break down now. I don't know if it was the knee injury, but if you have a game where you can cause distractions around him, where you can paw at the football, paw at him, he becomes a different quarterback. He throws the ball. He's inaccurate. He gets rid of it fast. It's not about hitting him. It's not about sacking him, taking him down, but you cause that around him. You cause that chaos around him. Look, the Jets did it in the playoff game last year. You saw the Lions do it in the preseason this year, hit by Ndamukong Sue. I think there's something mentally with Tom Brady where you get that pressure around him and he speeds up his decision-making. He throws the football, and that's what the Steelers did. They got after him. Like I said, it's not about knocking him down. It's about just being around him, and he becomes a totally different quarterback. Now, not many teams can do that, but the teams that can do that have success against the Patriots. I I mean, I could not agree with you more. I think that is absolutely right that the that the myth that surrounds Tom Brady is, you know, uh, he, he's certainly one of the era's best quarterbacks, and people would still argue he, that he is the best, but that's a pretty big flaw to have, that you need to have perfect protection in order to be effective. And just like Peyton Manning, both of those guys, that is their kryptonite. And like I say, it's a pretty sizable deficiency to have, that if you get around them, if if, if, if you don't let them stand back there and, and make their choice, that they become absolutely mortal. And we saw it again with the Steelers. I just hope they can figure out how to continue to do that. I In the copycat league, the way the Steelers got pressure there, right, Tom Brady is pretty, you know, is pretty fallible. Where do you say, I mean, it's hard to argue now. I declared last year Aaron Rodgers is the best. How? Give me your top uh, three or four uh, QBs right now. You can't not go with Aaron Rodgers. Just the high level he's playing at. Now, is no he gonna, chance. Is You're he gonna, crazy if you yeah. don't. Is he going to keep this level up? That's the big thing. But you can't go against him right now. I'm going to go with, with Brady number two still just because of what he accomplishes and, and no matter what kind of weapons that he has around him, whether he uses Danny Woodhead, doesn't use Danny Woodhead. They run the football. They can't run the football. They throw to Wes Welker. They don't throw to Wes Welker. He still finds a way to get it done. I'm going to go him number two. Then you start dropping off because you don't know, is Peyton Manning still going to be great? You know, when he comes back, you, know, you have questions about that. I still, even though he's having a horrible season, I'm still a big believer in Philip Rivers. I think Rivers is one of those rare guys who, no matter who he has around him, he makes those guys better. You know, we, before he had Vincent Jackson, he was still throwing the football pretty well. I think he's he's a Hall of Fame type quarterback. I think he's hurt because I think there's no way he has this kind of year unless that's to going on. To what end, though, would but he not acknowledge phenomenal. that? I, I know in, in hockey, that? well, in hockey, you know, they, they they disclose that they, you know, if somebody has a bum knee, they say it's a lower body injury because they don't want the opponent to to go after that and prey on that weakness. But I don't think that's the case here. Why you're, would, you're Because you're just used to Roethlisberger every Sunday finding out when well, he's banged he up. Yes. Hey, somehow information got leaked about Roethlisberger's injury that Mike Tomlin doesn't know anything about. Want to make sure everybody knows Ben Roethlisberger's playing banged up. I got a bad he knee. I got a hip. Hero. I got a show. He's a John Wayne. Yes. You know, he's a John Wayne. He wants people to know, hey, I'm hurt playing. Rivers is not one of those guys. And you know what? That, but that's, if you're that's stinking admirable. it up like that, why would you not acknowledge it? When you say, listen, I got to tell you, my, uh, I got a bum elbow. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like he needs his one to be a target. Maybe it's worse than it is. His one but people you've to make already, it a target. You've already angered me with your list. You didn't mention <laughs> Roethlisberger except to, except to throw a shot at him. How can you possibly say that Phil Rivers is superior to Ben Roethlisberger. Three Super Bowls in yeah. seven years, two victories versus Phil Rivers with zero appearances. Roethlisberger has a tendency to not play well in big games. And I realize I'm talking if I'm talking about Philip Rivers and the San Diego Chargers, that's a big deal. But Roethlisberger's got the think of all the big games he's played. He's not played well, and he had a great drive, great into the Super Bowl against the Arizona Cardinals. Not taking that away from him, but he was horrible against the Seattle Seahawks. Looks like he couldn't even grab the football in that game and throw it. He's had some AFC. Champions championship games he was bad at he was bad against the jets a couple of times he was bad against the patriots a couple of times it's when the the stage is set really big he struggles and i want to see him do more in big games that count when i want to really anoint him if he won the super bowl last year if he was able to somehow win that game then suddenly you can't deny three super bowls but still here's a guy that's fallen short he had the horrible turnover that really won the game for the green bay packers throwing that pick there that got returned for a touchdown if i've seen him play better 
in big games, I could put him higher on the list. Well, I mean, listen, I, uh, to me, I hear I, I hear what you say. I don't think he played badly. I think he had a, a nice game in the title game against the Ravens in, in a, you know, the two best defenses that people talk about it as the hardest hitting game that they've ever seen in that game. He was pretty good. He, he was, he was in fact dandy and the Seattle game. I've said it a million times. I'll say it for the million and first in fine. He didn't perform well against the Seahawks, but at Indianapolis against the best team in the league that year, he went in there and torched them in the first half. That's how they beat the Colts that year. And then secondly, he went out to Denver and beat another good, uh, team to get to the Super Bowl. That was his greatest playoff game. He stepped up in big games. I, it, that, that's it, it's he that's out- false to, to suggest that he that he doesn't deliver when the lights are hottest. When you outduel Jake Plummer, you are <laughs> I can't I can't answer for that. So and if what's his name's wife hadn't stabbed him that week, he runs that back for a touchdown and you don't make it to the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. But but you also you still do have to to give credit to Roethlisberger. That's one of the great yeah. plays in football. Oh history. yeah, Jerome Bettis fumbling. That was perfect. Boy, I, I I've said it. I, I, I got to say this one again too. If that play had been returned for, if Nick Harper takes that ball and runs it back for a touchdown. And that's Jerome Bettis's last play in, in in his career. It's the worst ending to any career ever. And I never watch sports again. That's it. <laughs> I wash my hands of sports. I wouldn't be able to come back from it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to. That's hard. That would be there. there Can you imagine that's the end of his career? Oh, and the fun, that's all you remember about him now. All he's done throughout his career, the bust and all these things, and you remember that play losing oh, the football, be worse going back Buckner. for a touchdown. Yeah, absolutely. It's still the only play I remember of his. <laughs> well, he always, you know what? He would run for a yard, yard and a half and do that great dance because a yard and a half was a great run for Jerome Bettis. I, that's kind of that's kind of when I think How of Jerome Bettis. That's both. my vision. He'll run for about a yard and a half, get tackled at second down and eight, second down and nine. And he gets up and he dances and punches his fist in the air. And I'm like, yeah, OK, maybe, maybe, maybe three yards. before He's you the that. only big back in NFL history to sustain some level of greatness for more than three or four years. He did it for Eric a Dickerson? dozen years. Big back, big bruising he back. He was six two, <laughs> but he wasn't. But you know what? I'm saying. He wasn't a bruiser. No, he didn't I'm, seek I'm contact the way. Uh, yeah, you yeah. and your. He, he's definitely ahead of Christian Okoye and Barry Word and those guys. Of and Morris. Yes, even Earl Campbell because of sustained greatness. Mike All right. Allstott. Now listen. Now you've angered me, and now I'm going to show you the door, <laughs> Jason Smith, because I don't appreciate the things you've said in the last Wait, few where minutes. Is, is Drew Brees on that list for you? Of, oh, I'm thinking of bruising uh, running back, of great uh, quarterbacks. Great quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, winning the Wanna Super Bowl. Sure. Yeah, Drew Brees, Drew Brees is high. He's in, he's in the top five on that list. You know, guys, there's there's not a lot of guys I think that can break through. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan and Joe Flacco have a little bit too. I thought they'd be there at this point, but they've had their growth has been stunted a little bit. Flacco looks unbeatable some games. In some games, he doesn't know where to go with the football. Matt Ryan has trouble in the playoffs. So I thought these guys would would break through to that level, but you know, they're not there yet. All right. Well, listen, Jason Smith, a real pleasure to to uh, share this time with you and share our time out there on the uh, on the NFL Fantasy Live program, which, as a matter of fact, as we record it right here, is playing right over your shoulder. It's surreal to be speaking with you as your face is uh, staring at me on the uh, on the flat screen there. So, all right. Good luck to your Jetropolitans uh, down in Bu- or up in Buffalo this weekend, and we'll look forward to yapping again soon. Thank you. I, I, I'm just glad that we went from a guy we deal with every day to a guy we share time with. I'm glad I was able to, to have that time with share you guys today. With, share time with. We don't enjoy time with, but yeah, we share no. time with them. Yeah, that's it. Well, I mean, we, we got to, you know, what are we going to do? No, listen, guys. What, don't When's be a stranger. It? And now look who's coming in. It's theme song a week here, apparently, on the Dave Damashek football program. Dick Banks burning the midnight oil because he's cooked up a theme song, not just for Adam Rank, but also for our favorite Englishman, He's, uh, he, he comes to us all the way from uh, from the U.K. He joins us each week to read our favorite tweets and so on and so forth. It's Handsome Hank. Hit it, Dick Banks. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank, he's handsome Hank, he's handsome Hank. Ooh. 
Oh, that's fantastic. I, I like it. That you, is great. Because to I'm me, you are, you're, you're a 007 to me. Right. I, I, you, you, you. you cut the same basic figure, you know? Yeah. yeah. Not licensed to kill yet, but, no, but you, hopefully. But those eyes are lethal. Wouldn't that be great to have a license to kill? You're like standing <laughs> over by some cops like, hey, uh, you got a license for this? Yeah, okay, let me see that. What about these corrective no, 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 it's lenses? Cool. I got a license. What about these corrective lenses? Oh, contacts? Okay. How are you, handsome? Very Hank, well a pleasure to Thank see you. you. Very good, Dave. Thank you. Well, it's uh, it's really emerged as one of uh, the listeners' favorite uh, favorite uh, things we do here on the program, and that's when we welcome Handsome Hank in. Like I say, you read tweets for us. You read incendiary remarks that uh, – that uh, players say in front of big games this week, a big one. We just finished talking with Jason Smith about uh, the Patriots and Steelers game. Another big one for the Steelers coming into Heinz field. Then Baltimore birdies as the great, the late great Myron Cope used to call them. And uh, this one is for nothing less. Well, you know what? I was just about to say this one's for the AFC North. But I, I have a sneaking suspicion that this might be one of those years where while the Steelers and Ravens cancel each other out, the Bengals end up sneaking yeah. in the back door. It yeah. could happen. Absolutely. Um, that'd be, oh, you know what, though? In fantasy football, I just made a trade even. I traded Tony Romo. I can't take him on my team anymore. I washed my hands of him Good. and got Matt Ryan and Cedric Benson. What do you think of that deal? It's okay. You got rid of Tony Romo. I'm afraid that Tony Romo might not make it through the season. Stop saying that. You sound Why silly. do I? Why is that wrong? Because Stephen McGee is not going to take over at quarterback. We'll see. All right. I guess. Hear me now. Believe me later. Oh, look as who's you stealing like to say. that. Yeah. Look who's <laughs> oh. stealing that. Oh, you, oh, I didn't see that on a tweet. Creep. All right. So, handsome Hank. Um, hey, the shame report did well this week. It did. Huh? Well, well done you. Yes. It wasn't yeah. me. No, we did great. Hey, some Englishman dropped me a line and he said, hey, watch the shame report. It's well good. Oh, no, well funny. I thought that was terrific. I've never been called well funny before. It was well funny. Say it it like they would say it. It's well funny. It's well funny. (laughs) That's not how an English person was. I just said it. It's well funny. It's well funny. Are you sure you're English? (laughs) Isn't it more Irish when they say that? It's well funny. What is that? What was that? I don't know. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Hank is English, though, right? Because yeah, I think after I can a... do it better than you. I don't agree. I <laughs> thought, right. I thought going in, I would have agreed with you, but he's proven <laughs> otherwise, and so have I. Um, you're well wrong. I'm sorry, Adam. You're well wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, handsome Hank, Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers. They're they're, they're uh, there's no love lost there. Hey, you're an Englishman, so you should be more literate than. Uh, than Rank and I are. What does that mean? What is what is the what is the origin of that weird cliche? There's no love lost. I I don't know what the origin. I mean, it makes sense to me, but but I know what I, I think know. About, now that I, I know think what about it, means. it, I have no idea what why. Yeah, it doesn't literally. No it's, love it's, lost. What it is is sarcastic. Yeah. but it's weird that a cliche would involve sarcasm. Yeah. There's no love lost between these two teams, as, yeah. which implies that they once loved they, each yeah, other, but, but they they never loved each other. And now they continue not to love each. I don't what get what teams like each other. <laughs> like, they're like, oh, well, these, these well, actually, these, these I'll, teams I'll tell are great you who I think likes each other: the Steelers and Ravens. I think we would like to think that they hate one another, but there's something cheeky there's, in their remarks. There's they a seem to, respect between them. I, I think so. Uh, to wit, why don't you read us uh, some of the remarks that uh, okay. they've been exchanging? Um, so Terrell Suggs, as usual, has been uh, has been starting things up pretty well. He says that there's, there's the Super Bowl, and then there is Ravens Steelers. Everybody will be watching this game. And then he goes on to say, we've been declared war upon. We're the enemy of the, enemy of the state. Heinz Field is my Madison Square Garden. I love playing in this, stadium, in this stadium. We're going on the road in probably the toughest stadium to play in the NFL. We're expecting a physical football game. This is football. I'm guaranteeing the NFL, no, the world will stop for this game. And everybody wants to see it. We will be ready. Wow, that seems a, that seems like he's almost exaggerating it. I think there's yeah. a, definitely a percentage of football fans that don't like this game. I think they think it gets too much hype because everybody swoons. You know, on Sunday night, it'll be Michaels and Collinsworth swooning over. This is my favorite game of the year. You know, this one might be 7-3 final kind of thing. I think some people are conditioned. I, I bet you somebody like Rank, who grew up in sunny Southern California, can't relate to a game like this. But wait, there's so few good rivalries. Why... How could you because not they like don't this? like because they think because they, they look down their nose at defensive football they don't find it entertaining true thank or you false, yes Frank? right nailed it right is on that the true head. yeah what I, 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 I told you that's wait, this, this is, is the, the way fi- they think it's the five o'clock game right 
It's the the eight o'clock game on the East Coast in the five. <laughs> okay, well, yes, what, it's the prime time. Where game. are we? I'm just telling you, it's the prime time game. I'm okay, just making yes, sure we're Tom clear. Massey. Okay, I didn't know there's multiple five o'clock games, but all right. But it's one of those ones where this one will probably keep me from watching Dexter a little too early. I'll probably stick around and watch it through its All completion. Right. You're, you're ridiculous. And no. So- what, what, and what's this nonsense that we don't like rivalries? Like the Rams, 49ers. Now that was a rivalry. I didn't say you don't like rivalries. I just said that you don't appreciate those kind of – you don't like defensive struggles. Don't, there's really no – showtime. See, he's the showtime yeah, Lakers what? guy. To be honest, though, the – who do you who's where's the star power in this game? Like I get Brady versus Manning, like that's a great game. Rogers going up against another good it's Roethlisberger, Roethlisberger, Flacco. You got to watch that. Hey, if you're missing this game, you're missing out I on the next. I think you missed the point. It's about quarterbacks, though. That's the thing. That's, that's the where exciting you're thing. Well, listen, it's, it needn't always be about the Steelers needn't. as a team, as you know, by design transcend an individual, generally speaking, although Roethlisberger's making a play to be, you know, clearly the the breakout star of that team. But that defense is still where it's at, and in spite of not having – that's going to be their problem, of course. See, Woodley and Harrison, we don't know what the score is going to be with the, with those two guys, whether either of them – I think Woodley is just about certainly out of the game. Harrison rumored to maybe be getting out on the field. But, Hanson, what else what, – what, what were some of the other fun so, ones? Oh, and by the way, wait. you want to talk about a star that nobody really talks too much about? Roethlisberger's favorite target, Mike Wallace. He's about as good a receiver as there is. Mike Wallace is fantastic. But it's one of those things because the Steelers are so good that they should be hated, like the way the Yankees are hated, the way the Red Sox, the the Lakers, and teams like that are hated. Mm Mm-hmm. But nobody, everybody's just kind of like, no, no, they're not apathetic. I'll go so far as to say, and people accuse me again of being biased, but point out to me where I'm wrong. They're the most popular. They're the least hated at least they're the least hated dynasty of, of our lifetime that's in not, any sport. That's not good. Who hates that's, the Steelers? I, nobody, because nobody cares. That's the problem. <laughs> I'd rather be hated. You really than have, you, than be, have people be ambivalent. You are really just holed up in Orange County. You know, you know <laughs> what, is, what does that have to Who's, do with anything? I don't think many people are ambivalent about the Steelers. I think they have. So a So you feeling think everybody loves them? I think more people. You're saying nobody hates them, so you're saying among loves dynasties, the among dynasty teams, those teams that tend to cast a big shadow year after year, whether they're really like the Cowboys fit that description. Obviously, they haven't been to a Super Bowl in forever, but they still cast a big shadow among all those teams, all those iconic teams in sports. I would say the percentage of people who hates who hate them is about as small as you could possibly get. That's my. And I think the Packers probably probably might be ahead. Of that's me. an interesting one. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I feel but like they fell actually, out, out of irrelevance though yeah, for yeah, like thirty yeah. years, and so. But, but like yeah, people just, like the Packers. I like. Listen, I like them too. I think they. Uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers on down. I think they all are good. What are some more okay, of these? So, uh, some... so talking about Mike Wallace, um, Ladarius Webb uh, had a, had a little uh, pop at him mm-hmm. every time. Somebody... A little pop. <laughs> all right. Every time somebody asks me a question, they're always talking about Mike Wallace. But they have a guy, number 84, in Antonio Brown, who's better than Wallace in all aspects of the game. He's a great returner, a great receiver. So Wallace heard this, hmm. and, and he, he's complimented one of his teammates, but that doesn't matter to Mike Wallace. That guy don't really matter to me, man. Who is that guy? I mean, I heard of him, but at the end of the day, he can't check me. So it is what it is. That's got to be somebody who really matters to motivate me. He really don't. Is he talking about <laughs> Antonio Brown? <laughs> yeah. It's like, who is that guy? Your no, teammate, Antonio Brown. Well, Mike Wallace showing off his uh, temple education yeah. there. And uh, <laughs> I like it. See, that's good. I, that's, that's does, it, what, does it sound better? I, it, you know what? For the first time, actually, I think it does sound better. Oh. Handsome Hank, you've actually, you've actually uh, made that one seem a little bit better. That's what, <laughs> what Handsome does. He, put, he frames it in the best possible light. And I like that one very much. Um, so, yeah. So what's your pick for that one there, Handsome? Um, I'm going to go Ravens. Are you really? Yeah. I wow. Am. I think they're going to bounce back. That was hor- They were horrible for three quarters against the Cardinals. Two straight weeks, in yep. fact. They were terrible. Yep. They were yep. awful against the Jags as well. And but they picked it up. I say it all the time. The Ravens are, you know, again, you talk about great rivalries. The Ravens never beat the Steelers when the two teams are at, uh, on about equal uh, terms. Mm-hmm. They never beat the Steelers in big games. They never do. And week one of the 2011 season does not game. count as a big is game. Is this a big game? It is. I feel like the the, the division sort of, I, I don't want to say hangs in the balance again, because the Bengals 
are uh, are in the mix this year. But yeah, the Steelers can't win the division if they lose this game. So yeah. so yeah, they have to be desperate for this one. But you know, the Ravens regard the Steelers rightly because they can't get over them. They uh, they they are Ahab to the Steelers' Moby Dick. I say it all the time. And in fact, the week after they play the Steelers, they always come out flat because they're yeah. so fixated on that Steeler game that the following week, win or lose, and they always uh, and maybe that's why they played bad the last two weeks because they could see this one on the horizon. It could be. And your Dolphins? <laughs> uh, they play the Chiefs. Uh, they will lose. All right. Very good. Very good. And you're excited uh, the, that you're halfway home to Andrew Luck? Yep, we're nearly there. Yeah. And you, what about these rumors the about Bill Cowher? Um, <laughs> uh, the rumors about Bill Cowher, I, I'm not a – Jimmy Johnson turned up there with the same kind of pedigree as Bill Cowher, and it didn't work out. And it's I not a great see, destination, is I, it? I don't – yeah. It's a, it's a great place to go retire. Actually, and Jimmy was head... more connected to NFL, to the yes. NFL yeah, coaching. Then, yeah. When he went to Miami, as opposed to Cowher, who's been away for what exactly. five years, I, I, that's not the guy I would like to see there. Is that right? That's yeah. in it. What, what would you like? A Gruden type? I'd like a Gruden, or a, maybe even Jeff Fisher. Not not a not a as big a name, but I think probably still kind of hungry. I hear you. What you're saying, it is interesting that uh, it is a place to go retire, and whereas the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Kurt Warner, notwithstanding, a lot of guys ended their career there. Emmett Smith, Boomer Esiason. Well, Kevin the same Cobb. things happened in Miami. I mean, you've got Thurman <laughs> Thomas and, and Chris Carter came there and basically just kind of, you know, died on the side. Well, it does seem, though, like the coaches go there and they can't rebound. Yeah. These legendary guys, Johnson, Parcells didn't really uh, thrive down there. Tony Sperano. Yeah, Tony Sperano. Well, yeah. Don Shula did pretty well as a second stinner in Miami. And that's true. I think of him, yeah, I guess he, yeah, I don't think of him as a. You don't show me up. <laughs> Take this. Ow! Don't show me up. Your point may be valid, but you don't do that to me <laughs> on this show, if you hear what I'm saying. That hurts so much. That's right. The Hansel Edition Blaster. Let it be a, 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 let it be a, a warning shot to you, handsome Hank, not to sass you. me and give me credit when I do a better English impression than you do. Uh, next time. Next time I will. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, you'll be well sorry. <laughs> if you don't, you're going to be well sorry. Brilliant. Brilliant stuff, handsome That's Hank. fantastic. Thank Show you, yourself Hank. the That's door. Great. All right. All right. I'm out of here. All the best. Thank you. There he goes. Handsome Hank. Let's, you know what? Let's hear his theme Play song one last time. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank. That's good. I like that quite a bit. All right. Listen, Rank, what do you say we get into uh, into the DeLorean here? Ooh. Take it up to 88 miles an hour. Jump to next Tuesday and see who wins a number of juicy games on the slate. To the future. This is what makes time travel possible. The flux capacitor. I think it's about time we cut right. that that part out. All right, so all right. first of all, I dropped you off in Buffalo, and how'd that one come out? You know, i got to be honest, two back-to-back weeks going to Toronto, going to Buffalo, seeing those great uniforms. Buffalo was a treat. This was a game in the AFC East that a lot of people said could determine that extra, that extra playoff spot. The Jets couldn't really afford to fall behind here. They came out, they took care of business, won 17-13, closer game. They clamped down on Stevie Johnson, Fred Jackson. Not as good as we're used to seeing. Yeah, I feel like the Jets were kind of up against it. They had to have this one if they have any legitimate shot at making the playoffs. And I went down to Dallas after that. The Cowboys looking to rebound after a disastrous stint in Philadelphia. Got healthy here against the Seahawks. Tony Romo actually looked like an NFL quarterback for a change. They beat the Seahawks 24-13. Cowboys back in it, but I still don't trust them. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I don't think they're in it for the long haul. And now one of the surprise teams in the NFL and maybe, you know, in the last couple of years, the 49ers are playing really well. Look like the second best team in football right now, just behind the Packers. But, wow, they had a really bit of a a tough time here against the Redskins. The Redskins defense is tougher than people are giving them credit for. The 49ers were able to sneak out a a tight win here, 19-17. 49ers, though, still looking good to wrap up the number two spot 
in the NFC. Kind of following that script. Most of their games are are pretty tight affairs. Absolutely. And then I went out to Oakland. Thanks for that, by the way. Went out to Oakland to see the Raiders and Tim Tebow. And what the Raiders were coming out here doing, they were very conservative, not throwing a lot of balls early in the game, trying to get Carson Palmer back into the flow, getting back into being a quarterback. And obviously they got a couple of good defensive touchdowns because Tim Tebow not only scores fantasy points for himself, but he also scores them for opposing defenses. Raiders win this one 30 to 20. Raiders in the driver's seat in the AFC West. Yeah, how about that? Meantime, I went to Foxborough. The uh, The Patriots licking their wounds after their visit to Heinz Field last week. They get back on track. A tough game, though. Tom Brady does not like pressure. That Giants four-man front did get pressure on him, but they did pull it out in a shootout. 34-27 to 27 there. Next, I went down to San Diego. This ain't jive now. The Chargers are in legitimate trouble. Packers, best team in football. Go in there, take care of business. 31-17. to Whispers now becoming louder and louder about whether or not Phil Rivers is in good health. Then I went to Heinz Field for the, I guess, the signature matchup of the week, right? Great rivalry game, as they like to say. Baltimore and Pittsburgh trying to fight it out for the AFC North. The Steelers get it done. 21 to 17. They don't do a great job of taking away Ray Rice, but Roethlisberger just enough to get him over the hump as he usually does when he plays those Ravens, especially in Heinz Field. 21 to 17. The Steelers take it. And then we crossed over the, the Keystone State to Philadelphia, as you can see here, rank. And I hope I hope Balboa will inspire you. Hit the steps like he did, you know? Some raw eggs in the morning. <laughs> Chase some the chickens around, yeah. Yeah, you know, you'll feel better for it, you know? <laughs> you'll be better. You'll be a better man for it. But in that game, you had the uh, the Bears roll into town. I told you, Rank. I told you, everybody, three weeks ago, the Eagles are about to get hot. They're proving me right. 31-13, to 13, they dumped the Bears. And I think what you see in a lot of these instances, the desperate team, the team that needs to win, ended up winning. You mentioned the Steelers. The Jets were another team. And the Eagles are still in that class of a team that needs to win after that disastrous start. They got it done, and they look pretty good. Well, you know, like they say, eat less, do more. Well, you're going to have to do more to burn off <laughs> all those cheesesteaks you've already consumed there. So I'm going to let you hit the steps. I'm going to jump in the DeLorean and head back to uh, to what is now the past, and you can find your own way back. I think the run will do you some good. <laughs> All right, good times there, Ray. Nice trip. Nice trip. Absolutely great. Um, all right, before we wrap it up here, we just brought him into the uh, back here into the uh, into the studio. Um, we last week announced your replacement, at least for the time being. It's now our, our new producer is Black Tie, and uh, but Wilk Tie, you, uh, what are you going to be doing? Why can't you work with us anymore? What happened? I'm not really. I'm not really sure. I was given some vague excuses. Did you uh, ask? To be taken no, off the I, show. I didn't. Don't jive me. I didn't. I, sw- I swear. We asked for him to be taken off the show. What? Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. What are you guys whispering about? I don't know. You know what? I feel compelled because we're wrapping the show up here. I got to get it in here because I'm I'm trailing by three. Dieter Brock. Oh, yes. I don't think that one can count, though, because it's got to be organic. That was, that was the ground rule that I said. Was it you? Rank and I, if, if you're listening for the first time, we have an ongoing uh, competition to see who can mention Dieter Brock first on the podcast. And uh, and But I, I did say you have to integrate it. I'm pretty sure that was the definition of not organic. No. I do appreciate that you tried to rally back because I thought – Last week, asking Jack Youngblood a question about Dieter Brock was about as boss as you could get. Yeah, that was, well, that was not bad. But you know, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to work my way into it now. But I I don't have time. We mentioned uh, Marcus Allenmore, number thirty two. His brother Damon was in the CFL, where Dieter Brock was a star. That's oh, semi organic, right? That was, Either that was way, right. I get the point. I, I'm taking the point. Well, I think our our total is now eleven for rank. Nine for Damashek and uh, we have a list who's keeping good yes, track of and it. and twelve uh, omissions. So I think that's yes. where we stand right now. So Wilk Ty, this may be your last time sitting in with us so. for a little while, but you're welcome back anytime. But tell us about what happened um, at the Coliseum last Saturday night when uh, when your oh. USC Trojans fell. Were you there? I was not. I planned on going, and at the last minute, I decided that it wasn't worth the effort of trying to find tickets last minute. And, well, so you're no fan. Uh, excuse me. I am too a fan. I've watched every single game. There's only 90,000 seats in that building, so tickets were scarce. <laughs> that was a sellout, wasn't it? I assumed it was a sellout. Of course, yes. Yeah. So? What do you think, Wilk Ty? That was 
the best football game I think I've ever seen through the first two overtimes, and then that third overtime, I slowly just descended into a depression. That I are you like the NCAA? You don't recognize your previous wins with Leonard and Bush and all those guys. That was okay. That was great, but I wasn't at that time a USC person. Like I was just a a football fan who watched that game. Mm-hmm. Now, as an alumni, watching that triple overtime thing where we were just so close. Are we that far removed from those? That era of USC football that you've well, that gone was, that was to what, and 04, from, right? You've gone through school and graduated. Yeah, that you was did what, your that, six years at USC. No, nah, that, that was 06. 06? Well, I I went to school in 07. How wow. long were you in school for? Four years. What the hell is that all? Your old rank. No, but I mean, when I went to Cal State Fullerton, it took like seven years. <laughs> that's not the usual no, length that's of not. time people. Spend Are you serious? Matriculating. You yeah, couldn't no. even get a class, and it wasn't like I was failing. But it's like, oh, you got nine units this semester. Yeah, a couple of those uh, Wisconsin running backs maybe did like nine or ten years. It <laughs> seemed like, and, a, and Brian Cardinal was at Purdue. It seemed like playing basketball <laughs> oh, for a decade. God. But for the most part, Cherokee Parks is another guy. Anyway, so a uh, couple things. First of all, the greatest college football games I've ever seen are one i should make a proper list out of this mm-hmm. but the the best one orange bowl 84 turner gill irving fry or mike rogier against uh bernie kosar and the canes i think is the greatest game i've ever seen and if that wasn't it people always talk about usc texas but and usc fresno was also a good game that season oh, yeah. in 06 but the greatest of them all was the was when they paid a visit to notre dame to play the irish every ga- every touchdown is dynamite in that game that's the best game the I've bush ever push seen. one yes what i love about that was a great game I, yeah, I did watch that game wonderful it was an amazing game. game what is uh what what stood out to me about the stanford game the stanford sc game was i loved andrew luck when they got inside the five when they lined up no no one flanked out Three tight ends all stacked in there. It looked like football must have looked a century ago. Just all stacked yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And you figure, well, they're gonna go play action here nope. and throw it. Nope. They handed the ball off to the to the to the back and he went straight up the middle. Awesome. I thought that was uh that was gangbusters. And the other thing that stood out to me, I know Theisman is wait, oh no, Phil Sims, I'm sorry. Phil Sims said that he doesn't think Andrew Luck's gonna be that great a pro. Um or he thinks he's overrated. Um, you know, I think luck will be great. But the other thing is everybody is so fixated on this uh, suck for luck stuff and who's going to get luck. They're all, this is going to be one of those all-time QB drafts. I think the first round of, of uh, the 2012 NFL draft is going to be is going to be filled with the quarterbacks. This is we're shaping up to have one of the all-time drafts there. Maybe you could do a pick six out of that, right? That would be a good one. Yeah. If I could mention those guys on NFL.com. But oh, yeah. You're not yeah. You know what to, I thought, though, is when they're classmen. When when Andrew Luck threw the interception, I said, "You know what? He would be perfect for the Colts." Yeah, I I I I said the I thought the exact same thing went through my head when he picked that off. I thought, "What a perfect guy to be mentored by Peyton Manning." When the thing when the when the lights are hottest, throw the pick six to give up the game. And but no, listen to his credit. How about bouncing back and driving him right back down the field? Fantastic. He actually rallied the team. Yeah. So yeah. he would not be a good Colt. No, no, indeed. All right. Well, listen, Wilk Ty, happy trails to you and uh, for everybody else within the sound of my voice. We'll be back between weeks nine and ten. But in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of life. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.